is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the title sponsor of The Big Show. That's Big O. Save up to $100 off Pirelli, Mido, or Toyo tires now through April 4th at your locally owned and operated Big O Tires. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, we're live at RGS Exteriors and Construction today. Give them a call. Find out what they can do for you. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. And uh, improve that curb appeal of uh, of your home. Gordon, how's your curb appeal these days? Pretty good? Really good. Really good. You- Happy? You feel a sense of pride when you pull up uh, to the Monson abode? Well, pride. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like I like the way it looks, and we've made some changes over the past year, and uh, yeah, turned out well. All right. So not pride, but something not disgust either. <laughs> well, pride is a funny word. Do you do you have pride when you drive up to your house? Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Beaming, beaming with pride. Beaming. Now that's something I I don't think I've ever seen. Austin, have you ever seen Jake beam? I don't think I've ever seen that in all my years. I've never heard of it. I don't beam often, except for when I pull up to my home. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's it. That's the only time. In fact, I've had Tim uh, come out to my house and uh, look at a couple things, and they they fixed it. So, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Tim. Have you had man. Tim out to your house? Maybe he'll. I have. Your he, house I had him look at my gutters. Yep, he took yeah. care of my gutters. RGS does a great job. Uh, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, longtime Jazz assistant coach. Of course, he's our good friend, Coach Gordy Chiesa. What's up, Coach? Guys, I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, great to hear it. Uh, appreciate you jumping on as always, uh, Coach. Yeah, we gotta have the red bone, Austin. Yeah, gotta have that coming in. Set the mood, music, yeah. set the tone. Let's do it, uh, Coach. Let's talk about the Jazz. Uh, tough one last night, or I guess yesterday afternoon, to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, jazz fans concerned because they're not winning at the pace. Uh, obviously, they were before. But what do you think about how this Jazz team is playing right now, coming down to earth a little bit? Well, the last six games has been a, a trend that they're two and four. And part of it is that their defense has slipped dramatically. So the Jazz are averaging seasonally 108.2 points allowed per game. So third in the NBA in points allowed. So that's positive. But in this recent uh, slide, meaning the two and four, they've allowed 123.6 points per game. So it's been dramatically more. They've tried to outscore the opponent versus what? Outfight them, outmuscle them, outtough them. And it all starts with uh, the two things that, that the – and Quinn Snyder talked about this in, the, in, the, in his uh, press notes, was that um, they're struggling in ball containment as far as, hey, can I guard my own man on the dribble? And the second thing is that there's too much of a lag time and running back on defense and tra- transition to build a defensive wall. And we stood out yesterday with Wiggins, who was just driving to the basket with Minus Rudy trying to challenge him, and so did Jordan Poole and Stephen Curry, where the defense was absolutely late to, to rotate and as far as just uh, seeing more bodies in front of, of drivers. So is that, is that a tactical 
strategy by opponents uh, in attacking the Jazz, or is it a matter of the Jazz lacking the focus necessary, Gordy? They're inattentive right now. They they had a great season, and they still are. They're still the best record in basketball. But it's a long season, and the most recent uh, trend is that there's been a level of inattentiveness. And it just shows you that when you have that, oh, by the way, Gordon, the other guys are good. It's who you play against. And if you're the, you go and stay Warriors yesterday, you, are, you really played a great game. The world's greatest shooter of all time, Stephen Curry, reminded, reminded all of us at age 33 how great he is. And Draymond Green with that triple-double was a classic where they, um, the Jazz had a hard time of, of guarding, um, guarding the dribbler, but then it was magnified when they kicked it out for the three-point shot, and they got a Korea game, I mean, season of high, uh, from, um, uh, from uh, uh, Jordan Poole, and Wiggins played great also. So, so let me circle back on that. Is that a lack of physical ability to stay with guys who are driving with the ball, or is it uh, that inattentive? inattentive is that the word? Inattentiveness? Inattention? Yes. I, I, whatever it is, uh, is it the Jazz needing to dial in a little with a little more discipline? Right, very much right. Discipline on the ball, and that starts with technique. So, again, we call that cushion defense, where you're guarding, say, Stephen Curry, who has a million ball tricks to his credit. But, he's, but he hits that he's a great shooter. And so you've got to do, you've got to really be just so determined to, to guard his jersey numbers and to not watch that ball, because you can watch that ball, you lean too much. So you need discipline, and then you need your, you need your teammates, your trusted floor mates, to play help-to-helper defense, that if, I, if he does get by me, as far as dribble penetration, we're, 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 we're rotating out of strength versus late out of a weakness right now. And there's, there's been slippage, and that's been a, a huge concern for the Jazz. The last six, six games, again, they're 2-4. and four. Can he turn around tomorrow night uh, in Beantown? The answer is absolutely yes, because the Jazz have a good team and they're a hardworking unit. There's been just some a little bit of, um, of uh, lack of uh, just total effort to put a knockout punch. Coach, I'm going to hit you with an observation, and, and let me know if this observation is, is wrong, but I'm curious to your thoughts. It seems in the last few games to me, offensively, the Jazz have had a tendency to over-dribble or not quite move the ball like they have in the past, and it seemed to me like it led to a lot of turnovers yesterday against Golden State. But what do you think about that concept, over-dribbling, over-dribbling and is that an easy kind of habit to go back to? Your point is right. Your point is right on. Absolutely, they've been over dribbling, and over dribbling is an awful social disease on the court. It affects <laughs> the team bounce. So the more I over dribble as a uh, individual player, it affects our whole team mood. Most guys, if they see their floor mates over dribble, when the ball finally pe- is passed to them, they shoot angry. So. In the Jazz' most recent shooting slump, so yesterday, Jake, to add to that, the Jazz go 18 for 50. So Donovan, 7 for 18, Bogey, 2 for 9, and Jordan Clarkson, 9 for 23. And so what you're talking about is it all starts with over-dribbling. Was it, was it intentional? Of course not. But the fact of the matter, though, it happened. So what you want to do, when the Jazz are really an elite team, that ball is popping on perimeter, and everyone's playing in fusion. They're playing with the same rhythm and cadence, and that when they do dribble, it's more purposeful versus why dribbling because I feel like it. And so, they've again, that's slippage defensively and slippage offensively. Over-dribbling, Jake, is bad for one's mind. 
So when should a player dribble, Gordy, and when should he avoid it? Because there are times when it's called for, right? Oh, very much. So on the first side of the floor, I come down in early offense, the ball is passed to me, and if I see my, my, my defensive player on ball is upright, not in a stance, and see when you're really a good player, on, uh, you watch the ball as far as your teammate, what he's doing, and that whether you space or cut. So if, he's, if, I'm, if I'm playing on perimeter with Donovan Mitchell and I see um, his defensive player that's leaning one direction, he takes off then, then I'm going to hold spacing. If... Uh, uh, if the ball swung to me on the second side, in other words, what you want to do on the first side, be selective as far as uh, dribble striking, but on the second time, second side of the floor, it's more what? Of a free will in a good way because you ball, the ball went from side to side, maybe back to side again. The more times the ball goes from side and it's moved, the chances of the defense being upright are dramatically higher versus just doing it on the first side of the floor with the exception being, oh, by the way, the guy guarding me is not in a stance. Coach uh, Bogdanovich had a really tough game uh, yesterday, just uh, in a variety of ways, certainly shooting the ball defensively, turnovers. I mean, he just had a tough game. When, he did. When, yeah. When you're a coach, what do, you, what do you say to somebody like that? You know that's not how they play. You know it's just they've, something they got to shake off. How do, you, how do you coach somebody like that who had a tough game? Well, the first thing is that your floor mates should be encouraging you because you're a good, you're a good uh, teammate. And so when you are struggling – is that especially if you're a point guard, if you're Michael Conley and a half of Joe Ingles and a half of Donovan Mitchell, if I see one of my teammates struggling in the game, that I'm going to get him going, that I am absolutely going to give the ball to him in in, uh, his sweet spot, wherever it might be. So I mentioned uh, about Dutrisco, and Gordon answered the same question in a a different uh, version of it, where – Bogey is a very strong upper body. So just say his shot wasn't going down on perimeter, on catching fire, I would get him on the second side of the floor on a mid-block to get him a, a early a post up as far as in the mid-block and let him use his muscle to try to shoot over the top of the smaller switch defense or to create a foul. And if I'm a point guard, I'm absolutely telling him to do that, to eventually slide into the post on the second side, we're going to give you the ball. Last point. In jazz basketball, uh, I had the privilege to coach John Stockton. So John mastered the art form without any of the coaches teaching him this. He just did it innately. And I can tell you about Thurl Billy. If Thurl was on, with us on right now on the on the, uh, on the, on the uh talking right now about it is that whenever Thurl struggled in the game, John would wait for Thurl in transition to be the fourth streaker down the floor, and then John would throw him this unbelievable drop pass for a, a running dunk to get him going, to get Bobby Hansen going, to get Blue Edwards going, to get Brian Russell going, etc., etc. That's your job as a point guard. You've got to take it personal when your floor mates don't shoot straight. It's on you. You know, that's really a cool, a cool concept, Gordy. You know, I mean, that that someone is thinking that far ahead and thinking that widely, team-wise. No oh, good, absolutely. And, that, and that's, that's why – and that's Chris Paul, though. So I mentioned about John, but in this generation, right now, that's Chris Paul. That is absolutely Chris Paul. When he plays, whether it's regular season or a playoff game, and he sees a young DeAndre Ayton struggling. Hey, I love you, dog. All right, so now I'm going to try to give you a, a, a definitely a, a post uh, pass into you or in transition or in a high pick and roll. When you roll to the basket, be ready, be catch ready with your hands above your shoulders because this ball's coming right into your mittens, and you're going to watch finish first. 
And that's what makes Chris Paul so great because whatever team's he on, and also LeBron. So LeBron is the exact same way, but LeBron does it all the time, but he can score also 35 points to help his team win too. He's the exception of the exception of the exception. Gordy, I wanted to ask you about Rudy Gobert with the 24 points, 28 rebounds, and four blocks yesterday. What is he? Do, what has he done to become a much improved player? He's playing more with balance, so that when he he gets a re, when he goes after a che, a rebound as far as a chase down, he doesn't go to the guy's back all the time. It's he now goes uses hip more, so he go we call it hip to hip. So he puts his hips on the guy trying to put a body on him. Then he uses his length. So he uses his length versus what? Only his reach. Before that, uh, his development, he was only using his reach, not his length. So now he's playing even bigger than what? 7-1. And that's, that sounds so trivial, but it's absolutely critical. Defensively, as far as when the shot's taken, he's really done a good job of getting chase down rebounds. So besides rebounding the ball off the backboard, a defensive uh, rebound, he does a good job now of, on a three-point shot of winning some of the foot races versus uh, some of the best athletes in the world as far as in a chase down rebound. have a list for us today. My list today, Jake, is just a, uh, right in queue about Rudy Gobert. This list is the Utah Jazz Korea franchise leaders in total rebounds wearing a Utah Jazz jersey. So it's Korea, not average, but Korea, the top ten. Let's take this, uh, Gordon and Jake, let's take a stroll down memory lane right now and also let's future, future cast out with two guys on this list that are playing for the Jazz right now. Number ten, with 3,792 rebounds, vastly underrated, Paul Millsap. Number nine, the Jazz own Russian Comet with 3,836, Andre Karolinko. Number eight, Big T, Farrell Bailey with 3,881. Number seven, Rich Kelly via Stanford back in the 70s and 80s played for the played for New Orleans Jazz and Utah Jazz, 3,978. Number six, the big O, Greg Ostertag, 3,988. Number five, John Stockton, which is amazing, uh, Jake and Gordon. He got 4,445 rebounds, excuse me, 4,051 rebounds, and most of them were chase-down rebounds off the floor where instinctively he was able to read the play and beat everybody for the ball. Right, number four, he plays for the Jazz right now, also underrated, with 4,445 rebounds, Derek Favors. All right, number three, he had 28 yesterday. He now has 5,704 rebounds, Rudy Gobert. Number two, also, Gordon, a hip-to-hip rebounder, Mark Eaton, with 6,939 rebounds. And number one, this guy was an amazing rebounder in traffic. When everyone was around him, he was able to go full jump with verticality. And by the way, my elbows are my best friends. Carl Malone was first in uh, Jazz history with 14,601 rebounds totally. So he was the master of muscle and hustle. Wow. Do you, th- do, you think, do you think Gobert will approach Carl's record? Yes, I do, yes. Yeah, 
Absolutely, because Rudy has the Rudy's averaging roughly now. He, Rudy's averaging right now roughly 13 rebounds, you know, give or take, and so that he's on track. You know, minus a bit some injury, he can he hustles. Rudy, besides besides being long and tall, he does hustle. I mean, it sounds so trivial. A lot of times, unfortunately, a lot of big guys um, they cruise in a game just philosophically. Rudy's the opposite. He's got a high motive to his credit, and that guy plays hard. So he could catch call in a Jazz basketball. That'd be a great, great moment because that tells you then that the Jazz are really a good team as they as they keep, as they go forward because they have a guy that can rebound and traffic and and get better offensively also. Coach, thank you so much for jumping on with us as always. We look forward to it every week. Thanks, guys. Peace out. See you, Coach. That's our friend Coach Gordon Chiesa. Jumps on with us usually on Mondays here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.